Uh, my name's Andy Hayes. I am the pastor here at Sojourner. I've been the pastor here for like one year and eight months. Before that, I was an attender here and played on the worship team here. And so all in all, I've been a part of Sojourner since about 2008, which is about 10 years. Um, in our lives um, as, as Christians or as humans, we, we spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to live well, right? How to be happy, how to be whole, how to follow God better, how to sin less. We spend a lot less time trying to figure out how to die well. Whenever we have days where we're confronted with the fact that one day this life will end, we try to do whatever we can to distract ourselves of this fact and hope that we can feel better. But learning how to die well is perhaps more important as we spend much more of our, our everyday lives living in fear and worry of what is to come than being present and enjoying the moment and enjoying the gift of life. As you all know, this is the final service for Sojourner Covenant Church. This church was first called the Swedish Christian Mission Church in Evanston, Illinois, and it was founded in 1891 by 22 Swedish immigrants. They were a very prophetic group because throughout my time at Sojourner, we've really hovered around 22 people um, on a Sunday morning um, over 100 years later. So if, you, if, you know, if we could back to the future of this thing, we'd hope they would start with 75 Swedish immigrants, so we'd maybe in a, be a different place today. Since then, the church has gone through many changes. The building was built in 1910. They changed names a few times, had different pastors. And now it's coming to an end 127 years of ministry later. And so tonight we're going to hopefully um, going to die well as a church. Well, technically we're becoming a, a living legacy church, which is the denomination's word for what happens when you close and give. We'll hear more about that later. We're going to start by singing a few worship songs. We're going to hear from a few of our current members about their experiences here. We're going to pray together. We're going to spend some time grieving and then we're going to participate in communion together one final time. That's kind of the order of our service. Um, but as um, you see, I mean, I'm sure there's very few of you here who are used to this many people being in the room. We have people from, from who have been here. I met someone who was born uh, here. I don't think here, but born, you know, in around this time. Um, if, that's a good question. If you were a baby here, will you raise your hand? Yeah? Okay. All right, if you were, um, if you've ever, how about, um, spoken in a service here, would you raise your hand? Oh, that's a lot. If you've ever led music here, would you raise your hand? If you've ever been on the leadership team here, would you raise your hand? If you've ever been, like, the chair of this church, would you raise your hand? If you've ever been a, uh, have you ever preached a sermon here, would you raise your hand? Wow. If you've ever been a, a pastor or pastor intern here, would you raise your hand? Wow. What a great group to be here um, tonight with. Um, with that, would you, would, can we stand together and, and we'll sing? The uh, worship team will lead us in two songs.
Uh, one tradition we have here at Sojourner Covenant Church is passing the peace of Christ and greeting one another. Uh, so would you please take a moment and greet one another and pass the peace of Christ. When you're done passing the piece, feel free to sit down and return to your seats. And Peter Schoblum is here on behalf of the Central Conference, um, the, our denomination of the Covenant Church. He's going to talk a little bit more about what it means to become a living legacy church and I'm sure just give us more words of wisdom. So, thank you. <laughs> when you get old, you have words of wisdom. And, uh, and I feel that these days. Um, it's good to be with you, even on an event like this. Um, I recognize that a lot of the people who've attended this church recently do not connect necessarily with 120-some years of history that has been part of this congregation and part of this building over a period of time. I just want to let you know a little bit about what the idea of a living legacy church is, and that is that since 1992, the denomination has been uh, very strong on the emphasis on church planting. In fact, we've certainly more than doubled in size since there was that, uh, that kind of focal uh, point towards church planting within the denomination. And most of that church planting process has happened through what we call now living legacy churches, meaning that churches that close and move on, the assets revert to the denomination and to the conference, and 80% of those funds get used for planting new churches. And so um, even though we've at times had to celebrate, and I say celebrate in quotes, the closing of congregations, because I don't think there's a church that was alive back in the time of Christ or, or in the time of the apostles that to this day has a local manifestation that stayed alive. I think it's part of just the cycle of life of congregations. And so even though we've had those difficult times, we're also grateful to know that they have actually fed a church planting movement within the denomination. And we're grateful to God for, for that being able to happen. That being said, um, it also dawned on me that because many of us don't go back to our families and the historical heritage of generations in the church, and some people who are here maybe do, I, I, I have a couple questions. I hope I'm not messing up some stuff that you were planning on doing, but about all the things that were asked here, are there any people here that were confirmed in this church? I see one hand. How about people who were baptized in this church? Yeah, amazing. Okay? People who were married in this church. That's, yeah, that's good. And people who were buried in this, oh no, I'm sorry. 
That way, yeah. Okay, Ken, I see that hand, yeah. Um, no, that, um, I, I bring that up because I feel there's something about space that itself is very sacramental. I feel that space itself or a building itself has meaning and holds in itself kind of a spiritual dynamic. In a way, we use the word sanctified. This place has been set apart or sanctified for many people to experience new faith and new life in Christ in various ways. And I think as we think about closing and the event that's happening here today, I think we can think of all the people, but I think we should seriously consider the space as well. This is a space that has been used by God for the furtherance of God's kingdom for many. And so uh, with that in mind, as the Central Conference, I'd just like to um, just say thank you. I say thank you to all of you who are here today, and thank you to Sojourner Church for the courageous decision that you've made recently. But I I say thank you to this space, to the space where we know God has been at work in the lives of people. God bless you. In the next section of our service, we'll be hearing from um, about seven people who are kind of our current members here. I asked um, if they would share in about two minutes one specific memory or, or story or something that will stick with them from their church. So, um, yeah, um, would you please, uh, Kurt Peterson is going to share first. Um, maybe we can welcome him up. I'm very grateful for um, Sojourner Covenant. Had many other names, and I just I'm uh, been here since 2005. Uh, my wife Marty and I, and um, I just want to say at the front end, we've been processing. I'm on the leadership team. We've been part of this decision for the last three years, and it's with great reluctance that we come to this decision. Um, but it's where we needed to come. But I'm grateful for what I've learned in being here. Prior to coming here, I was a pastor for 30-some years, and uh, so being a member of a congregation was a little different for me. And one of the things I learned was there is always more to learn. There are more ways to grow. Uh, New insights in Scripture from pastors, uh, leaders who spoke here and taught here, I learned things like, wow, I had never seen that before in that text. Uh, I also learned new ways or experienced new ways of growing by the creative ways in which uh, the gospel was presented and the ministry of Christ. I, I grew and, and uh, embraced more of, of God's beauty by ways in which we uh, had images and, and uh, adorned the, the, the chancel over the years. How personal story is a way that uh, God reveals his truth was an important uh, growing and learning experience for me. The other thing I learned was that the work of God, the mission of God is a movement, not a place. Um, Places are very important. I appreciate what you said, Peter. But one of the things I learned in our process together is that the ministry of Christ is a movement that we are part of. Uh, the gospel proclaimed, the, the calling of people and the sending of people. The scores of people that have been sent from here into ministries 
both in church ministries and nonprofit ministries and in business and a variety of ways in which they've taken the good news of Christ. Uh, we're part of that movement, and in, I've, I've just been inspired by the ways in which people's lives have been changed and they have become part of God's work in this world. The first sermon I heard here, I think, was about uh, Ezekiel, from Ezekiel 37 and the dry bones and the ways in which God called to prophesy to bring the bones together and then Ezekiel to prophesy to breathe the Holy Spirit in those bones, a new life. And I just appreciate how that has continued to be the case, that people have come to faith or renewed faith and it was like a breath of the Spirit blowing into their lives, and it's been very evident how they now continue to live that out. And the last thing I'd say is, um, as many of you know, we changed the name in 2005 to Sojourner Covenant Church. And to me, that has to do with a kind of realization of a, this world is a temporary residence. We are citizens of a greater kingdom. And the name also has some nuances with uh, racial justice and our concern for that and the dynamic life that we live together, even though we are on a, on a journey. Uh, and I am grateful for that and the ways in which that's enriched my life. Thank you. My name is Tracy Holstein. Matthew and I started attending Sojourner about five years ago, around the time we moved to Evanston. Two years before that, we had moved to Chicago from Iowa City. We tried to find a church for a few months when we lived in Chicago, but it was difficult for us to find one that was accessible to us, both in location and mission, and welcoming. Our first visit to one church yielded a sermon about how women didn't belong in ministry. So we gave up. We spent two years without a church family, even though neither of us had really been without a church family before. Because actually, doing nothing is way easier than doing something. The comedian John Mulaney even has a bit thanking people for coming to his show where he says, it's so much easier not to do things than to do them. That you would do anything is totally remarkable. Sojourner was totally remarkable to us from the beginning. The first time we attended, we were welcomed and included and edified. Here was a group of people who were doing things for each other, for the Evanston community, for the kingdom of God. And it wasn't easy. In fact, sometimes it was pretty hard. I'm sorry. I can do it. I want to switch gears here and get a little more personal. Around the same time Matthew and I began attending Sojourner, we also began our journey of infertility. And as I was thinking over our time here, what I've learned, what I will take away from this community, it struck me that many of the highs and lows of Sojourner these past five years also coincided with our highs and lows of adding to our family. Like, I actually went through my emails and lined stuff up. It was super weird. <laughs> or not. Our journey toward our baby girl, who is seven months old today, has been intricately and irrevocably wrapped in the love of our Sojourner family from the very beginning. We asked our small group for prayers even before we told our families that we were trying to conceive. We heard beautiful sermons during Advent that invited us to wait in both anguish and comfort within our community. 
we had invasive procedures and came to church. We got negative test results and we came to church. And then we got a positive result. And I remember standing next to the stairs out there and whispering to Elise Walker that I was going to have a baby. Her eyes welled up with tears and she pulled me into one of the greatest hugs I've ever gotten. A sojourner continued to lift us up in prayer and celebrated with us when Nora was born, even as we knew hard decisions were on the horizon. And I'm so thankful for this family and this time that we've had, this time that I will always associate with the gift of waiting and the gift of hardship and the gift of my child. The decision to end our time in this building was not an easy do-nothing decision. It was hard because we've chosen to do something else, to do something in other communities, maybe, or to do something different in worship or service or mission. My prayer for all of us sojourners is that we do continue to do the hard things and to love each other well as we journey on from here. Thank you. Hi, I'm Ken. Um, I and I came here, I think, in 2009. We're not quite sure exactly. It gets a little fuzzy. But a couple things I just want to share. Um, one is that, boy, did I really love this church. Um, it was, in many ways, the church I was looking for at that time in my life. It was a church that was passionate about justice. It was a church that was passionate about the Bible. Um, but more than anything else, it was a church that kept attracting all of these younger people. We just kept having waves of waves of people in their 20s coming and becoming a part of this church. And that for me was joyous because it, it meant that the future was possible. But I also look back at the time, and I was just kind of counting it up. During the time we were here, it's about eight and a half years, we've had five pastors and two interim pastors. And so there's also a part of me, I have to be honest, is kind of angry. I'm not angry at any one person. I'm not angry even at a group of people because I think everybody has done their best. But I'm angry at a situation that I can't actually blame anyone for. But it's almost like this church that had so much hope and so much promise never really had a chance to get going. And so that makes me both angry and sad. And so I'm here sharing that. There are some great memories, and I'll just be real quick about them. Um, mostly it has to do with people who aren't here. Uh, I remember one of the first uh, people I met at Sojourner was Bill Myatt. Melanie, I'm glad you're here. Um, Bill was really one of the reasons I stuck around because I, I found somebody who I could have a really great conversation with. Uh, Bill became chairman of the leadership team during one of our early crises and really held the church together 
and I think he paid a price for that, and I'm really sad about that. Um, I remember uh, our young uh, interns, um, uh, Josh Hibben and Teal Short, uh, who, would, who were living in the Parsonage, and Teal playing in the band, and being on stage hopping up and down without any shoes on, that just kind of, just a, a visual memory for me. Uh, Josh uh, being Jesus for the kids' hour uh, back when he had a ponytail and kind of looked more the part. Um, just some really great memories there. Uh, the friendships that we've made hopefully are going to survive uh, this closing. So thank you for letting me share. Back in the late 80s, before I was a Christian, I wanted a boyfriend. And I prayed to God, please send me somebody to love who will love me back. First he sent me Jesus. And I said to a friend, that's not what I was praying for. She goes, next time be more specific. <laughs> First he sent me Jesus. Then he sent me Ken. And Ken is from his childhood was a Baptist. And I discovered the, the covenant. And when we got married, we got married in his Baptist church. But as we went on, he went to the Baptist church. I was going to a covenant church. Ordained in the covenant to word and sacrament. That's my home. And I prayed again, dear God, please help Ken to discover the beauty of the covenant. We came to Sojourner. And in our time here, Ken has opened his heart and mind and his activity to the covenant. And it is now his home. So God answers prayers. Initially, I prayed for God to send me someone to love me who would love me back. He sent me all of you, many who have loved me and whom I really, really love back. You are my family and always will be. I love you very much. Hi everyone, um, my name is Ryan and my fiance Alicia and I have been coming to Sojourner for almost a year now. Um, I moved here a little over three years ago um, and we also went through the process of trying to find a church that we really liked and hopped around for a while and you know it wasn't until you know, we lived a block away that you know, we decided to make the trip one block north and, and see what it was like and I just want to share one of the the many reasons that we've really enjoyed our time here and, and call Sojourner home. Um, so we have a dinner group that meets every week. Um, and it's a time when we get to come together, um, share a meal, share our challenges for that week, share our triumphs. 
Um, and it's been a time that has really helped strengthen our call to live out a life of love for others. Um, you know, I've really grown a lot during this time. Um, and, and we got engaged right around the time that we started coming here. And um, it's really sad to see this church close. Um, but you know, the wonderful friendships that we've made here um, will last forever and really are the epitome to me of what it means to be a church. And um, I'm really thankful and excited to continue being the church with all of you. Sally and I realized uh, when this vote came to fruition that this is the church we've been together in longer than any other church we've been, we've been in together as a couple. Um, we came here because it was a new church and a church plant. Um, and now this church is closing. And um, Andy was very specific in asking us what to do and none of us have been very specific in what we've done. Yeah, but I want to say that um, I have grief. I have no regrets. This has been a wonderful journey, and the best part of it has been the community. This has been a place of marvelous community from its very beginning, when a table was set for a place for people to be together in Christ. And what is particularly sad about the closing of this church is usually when a church closes and there are 20 people left, it's 20 very old people. And this is 20 vibrant, deeply formed in Christ young people. And that is hard, and that is sad. You have all been enormous gifts to me and to Sally, and we are so grateful. And so I'd like to name everybody, but I'm gonna name just six people. Elise, so cool to see your beautifully crafted and devout newsletter articles. Quinn, amazing faithfulness. Matt, incredibly mature, thoughtful, and, and careful leadership of this church. Galit, you image Christ in your welcome of people all the time. Andy, the creativity and thoughtfulness of the way you open God's word, evidenced by the way you opened this service tonight, have been amazing. And Carl, to sit under your worship leadership, how cool for Sally and I. Thank you all. Hello, uh, my name is Jenny Hayes. Um, I started coming to Sojourner in 2010. Uh, my boyfriend at the time was coming here. Um, he's the pastor now. <laughs> um, 
and I uh, started leading worship with him and um, just really felt God's presence here. And um, once I got to know the people here, just really felt known and cared about and loved. Um, and I remember um, this women's group that we had, and some people are here that were a part of that group. And um, at the time, I had been student teaching and having a really uh, difficult time with it. And um, I just remember the strength that these women poured into me each week and listened to me. Um, and I'm so thankful for that community. Um, Andy and I left for his internship a couple years uh, well, once we graduated college and he went through seminary, um, we were up in Wisconsin and um, every church that we went to after this one just didn't feel the same. And we would often comment and remember Sojourner and wish we could be back here. Um, so when he got that opportunity to come back, it was a no brainer and it just really felt like um, this is where we we're supposed to be. Um, and I just want you all to know that uh, I am so grateful for this past year and a half, and we really had hope for this place until the end, and um, even though it's closing, I know that these relationships and these friendships and this community will continue, um, because just because we have this building doesn't mean that um, this is where it needs to happen, and so um, I just pray that we could stay close and um, continue to grow together. Thank you. I realize now I should have worked a lot more disarm, uh, disarming humor into this. And I, <laughs> I wish I had. Um, but uh, one thing I would say is, uh, Andy, I'm really going to miss showing up at church dressed exactly as you are. <laughs> like, the blue Oxford crew neck combo is always in style. Um, and the scruff and hair and all the rest of it. Uh, okay, I can do this better than Tracy did, so let's see if I... <laughs> uh, build houses, I, I should say my name is Matt. Um, a lot of you know me, a lot of you don't. I um, have been the chair of this church leadership team for about two years, four years. Um, uh, and it has been an incredible blessing for me. Um, so, uh, build houses and live in them, plant gardens, eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Jeremiah 29. On the first Sunday that Tracy and I visited Sojourner, Pastor Joanne preached on this text. And since its restart, Sojourner has been a place where people in transition could find a home and grow. Tracy and I were in a place of transition then. As she shared, neither of us are from Chicago. We had just moved to Evanston from Edgewater, and we had just gone two years without a church. Pastor Joanne's sermon encouraged us to put down roots wherever we were and commit to blessing and being blessed by a community. We found a new family and a new home that Sunday. I cannot share just one memory or a lesson because 
We have shared our entire lives ever since with you. Two years later, we bought our little house in Skokie, and I commissioned a piece of art for a housewarming gift for Tracy. And it's that same verse, and it's hanging in our dining room. At that time, we were having trouble conceiving, so I had to leave out the part about having kids. <sighs> and you helped make that new house a home. You celebrated my 30th birthday with me. You prayed for our family and for my clients. Together, we served Evanston, and we sought God's will. You taught us, and you taught with us. And as we wondered why God would not bless us with the child, he waited and prayed and cried with us. And when we finally had Nora, you rejoiced with us and you cared for us. I can't read it anymore. Okay. <laughs> okay, now I can. Uh, <laughs> here we go. And being a member of this church became very difficult and very painful. When it felt like I was in exile, even here. You comforted me and you encouraged me. And you walked beside me, reminding me that I always had a home and a family here first. I did not expect to have to give a talk like this. And it does break my heart that Nora will not grow up in this church. But I too do not regret one moment. You have given me the clearest picture of the kingdom that I've ever seen. And I'm eternally grateful. I look forward with confidence to enjoying friendships that will outlast this church. And I look forward with absolute certainty to worshiping with all of you as Sojourner Church when we return to our true and everlasting home where all things finally come to fruition. Until then, wherever you go from here, please put down roots and invite God to grow something new. Thank you, everyone, um, who shared as, as uh, just many mixed emotions, many great memories, many um, also lots of sadness, um, even anger that this is happening. The first time I came to Sojourner was in 2008. There were maybe 25 people there, so three more than our average. Um, but right away, I had this feeling of, uh, Pastor Nils was the pastor at that time. I had this feeling of there's something here. There's something different about this place. There's something special about this place. And it turns out by some measurements I was wrong, but others I was absolutely right. It's been tough for me as I've thought through this week and over the past month to find an adequate biblical passage that um, can bring some sense of meaning or structure or understanding to the closing of a church. To the death of something we all loved and, and still love. And this is really not the way it's supposed to work. 
Or at least, it isn't the way we thought it was supposed to work. In the Bible, the death of, of Jesus, of, of Christ being crucified, is the time when, when that, that everyone would agree that this was a thing that happened that wasn't supposed to happen. This isn't the way it was supposed to go. God wasn't supposed to die. In leading up to his death, Jesus was betrayed by his friends. He was betrayed by his religious leaders. He was betrayed by his government. Your friends, your social circles, your, your government, uh, these are the, the, the things in life that ground you and give you meaning, and Jesus was betrayed by all of them. And then on the cross in the book of Matthew, he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Perhaps a strange question, because Jesus was God, and so why would God be asking this? But it shows that this longing for God, this gap, even exists in God's self. Jesus experienced the absence of God just like the rest of us. In Jesus, we see God's fullest representation, and it's, no, it's how we know who God is. And in Jesus, we see God being betrayed and asking God why he's been forsaken, maybe letting us know what we should expect. This absence of God, or this felt absence of God, I'm sure is something that many of us have felt over this past month, or the past year or ten years of being at this church. Maybe we've asked similar questions. God, where are you? God, where are all the people? God, why isn't this working the way it once did, or the way I thought it would? And like Jesus, we don't get an answer. So we are left with this felt absence, and we have this overwhelming desire to fill this absence with something, or to run from it, to make it go away, to, to have God come and just do something. But in Jesus, we don't see God doing that. We see God suffer and die. And it's only through that death and actually experiencing that death fully that resurrection is possible. When we talk about resurrection and eternal life today, we just jump past Jesus dying. Like, it's so great Jesus died because he came right back to life. But, but in this, this image, this image of Jesus on the cross asking God why he's been forsaken... This image is not an image of someone who's like, oh, death is no big deal, I'll be back to life in no time. This is an image of someone in immense pain and feeling the absence of God in a very real way. Through this story, we can see for our own lives and for the life of this church that death is extremely hard, difficult, painful, and it's not something that we can run from. But also, death is maybe the most normal thing, but it's also the thing we run from the most. Because we think death robs the meaning and value out of a living thing. This wouldn't be a good church service without a good sermon illustration, so I'll give it one more shot. When you think about a painting, the, the, the value, and I'll say the value of life, the value of people or churches, is not limited by death any more than a painting is limited by its borders. You don't go to a museum and look at a beautiful work of art and just ask, well, why isn't it bigger? The first thing you do is you see it and, and you allow yourself to be consumed by it. You accept that this painting has edges and is in a contained certain space. When you hand yourself over to the painting, when you allow yourself to be moved by the painting, you can be moved and changed and impacted at a very deep level. Uh, a painting or any great work of art can impact how you see yourself and how you see the world or how you see God. 
And also, if you're at this museum and you see a painting, one person can look at this painting and be brought to tears, while the other person can say, well, that's just a, a picture of a flower. Even you yourself can look at the same painting one day and be extremely moved by it, and another day you can look at it and say, well, that's just lines and colors. There are days, as we've heard, where you can look at Sojourner and say, wow, what an amazing, vibrant, interesting, thriving place. A place where people are growing closer to God and each other. And there are other days, maybe days like today where the church is closing because, well, it doesn't matter how great we thought it was, something stopped working. All of us here were impacted by Sojourner in one way or another. We learned things about God, about ourselves, about what a church can be. Over the years, people have found a church home here where they haven't been able to find one anywhere else. But now its time has come to an end. So we must take as much time to acknowledge and embrace and accept this as it takes. Again, death is maybe the most normal thing, but it's the thing we run from the most. We don't need to run away from this one. We don't have to forget about it, find another church. We don't have to ask, why is this happening for the rest of our lives? My hope for each person here in this room, regardless of your connection to this space, to this building, to these people, to this movement, is that we can look at Sojourner the way we would look at a painting or another great work of art. A work of art that's not defined or limited by its death or, or, or borders, but something that has beauty and the power to move people. Some days when you look back at this painting, when you look back at your memories of this church, you'll be filled with sadness. Some days it will just be lines and color on a piece of paper. Some days there will be great memories of joy and love. Some days you'll remember a specific person, a funny story. And as we go, if we can embrace this death and look back on it, our lives will continue to be changed. That if we're intentional about thinking about how this place impacted us, the things it taught us, the new possibilities that arose within us, and not just forgetting about them or treating them as something that took place in the past, but treat these ideas and memories of something that can confront us, that can make us ask questions, that can ask us questions about God, about ourselves, about community, about, about what it means to be a church or what it means to be human. If we can do this and take these things wherever we go next, whether it's a big church, small church, Covenant Church, whatever kind of church, in Evanston, Chicago, Utah, Washington, D.C., Thailand, wherever we end up, as these thoughts and ideas and memories stay with us, whatever church or community or group we end up in, if we allow these memories and ideas to truly confront us, to me the word that comes to mind is, is resurrection. I can't think of a better practical example of what resurrection looks like than this church dying and all of us, rather than being, oh, that was that, on to the next thing. We take these passions and ideas and, and everything that happened here and allow them to impact us wherever we go next. And it's kind of weird to talk about the resurrection of a church or the eternal life of a church, but those seem like accurate descriptors of what can happen here. I suppose one way the church can have eternal life, maybe the way we all thought it would have eternal life, is to grow real big and keep growing for generations and generations and generations and generations and generations. And sure, but, but that's not our story. And again, our story and our value is not limited by the fact that it has to end. Another way for a church to have eternal life is for a small, weird, interesting, unique church with 22 people to die and have those 22 or more people go out with changed lives and bring these ideas and passions 
and questions, wherever they go to the new place they end up in. These new places will be impacted by the people from Sojourner, and then those places will die, and those people will go out and impact more places, and those places will die, and then those people will go out and impact more places, and the cycle will continue. Up here we have, um, we have some paintings, real hand-drawn paintings. I at least made these. Um, they're all different, of Sojourner. Um, over this next time, we're going to play a few songs um, and leave some space for just reflection. And I would invite you all to, to come up and take one of these. Didn't expect quite so many people, so maybe one per family or per couple. If you're by yourself, you're, we have plenty, so take one if, if you're by yourself. That's completely fine. Um, but I pray that you can come, and as you take one, that, that you would um, spend these next five or ten minutes kind of reflecting on on memories or connections or whatever it is about this place that you will bring with you to wherever you go next. The worship team will be playing a song about kind of new places, about questions, about longing, and then we'll sing another song together of, of, of singing hallelujah in the midst of, of being in exile, in the midst of this longing or absence of God. So as the worship team comes up, as they start playing, you feel free to come up as you kind of feel led um, and, and Choose one of these to take with you.
stand and sing with us.
to end our service this evening um, one final time together uh, celebrating communion, participating in the Lord's Supper. It's now our sacred privilege to celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. All who humbly put their trust in Christ and desire his help that they may lead a holy life. All who are truly sorry for their sins and would be delivered from them. All who would walk in love with their neighbors and intend to live a new life following the commandments of God and walking from now on in his holy ways, are invited to draw near with faith and receive this holy sacrament.
Come to the sacred table not because you must, but because you may. Come not to testify that you are righteous, but that you sincerely love our Lord Jesus Christ and desire to be his true disciples. Come not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Come not because you have any claim on the grace of God, but because in your frailty and sin you stand in constant need of God's mercy and help. Come not to express an opinion, but to seek God's presence and pray for the Spirit. Hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ as they are delivered by the Apostle Paul. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's just take a minute. Let's let's have about 30 minutes, 30 seconds of silence. uh, And then we'll pray the Lord's Prayer uh, together. I'll start us. together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us We receive communion as has been our practice is to come down the center aisle and we actually have been serving each other. Um, the way this works, you'll just be holding this and you'll offer it to the person to first person to come to you. Everyone should have a name tag. Most people do. If they do, you can call them by name. You can say, Carl, the body of Christ broken for you. Sally, the body of Christ broken for you. Then you can take the cup, say, Wayne, the blood of Christ that was shed for you. And you can break off a piece of bread and dip it in the cup. And once you have um, taken it, you turn and serve the person behind you. Um, Again, it's the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. If you don't get the words exactly right, don't worry about it. Uh, We get what you're trying to say. Um, So with that, the table is ready. Um, Come as you are.
decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Thank you. 
I just asked Andy a second ago if I could do this because it just occurred to me that he may have planned a service without a moment where we can thank him for his ministry and for sending him out. Um, so before we do that, I do just want to thank every person who has ever been a pastor here, who's been on staff, who's served this church. Um, I can't imagine that there was ever a time when that was a, a certain sure position that you held and, and knew exactly what you were supposed to do while you were in it. Um, so we thank you. Um, I thank you on behalf of our church for the good work that you did while you were here uh, and for your faithfulness. Um, and Jenny, can I pull you aside and have you come over? Um, we do have a tradition in this church. We'd come down and, and lay hands on people who are leaving. Um, but this evening, why don't we just do what Andy has been trying to teach us to do and just put out our hands for a little bit as a more efficient way to do it. Uh, and I'll lay my hands on, and if you can just um, shine your hands towards them as I pray a blessing over them as they go from this place. Lord, we thank you for Andy and Jenny. Uh, it was two years ago in February that um, we had coffee with Andy in, in Evanston and came to him with a desperate situation and he heard us and said, I want to pastor you, I want to be your pastor. And we thank him for that, for that bravery and that faithfulness. And ever since, for his kindness, for his skill, for his wisdom, for his love and his abilities. And we thank you too for Jenny, for drawing us all into their family. Um, and even for Francis, we thank you for Francis uh, and for the joy that she brings all of us. We thank you for a home that they've opened up to us as a church. And we pray um, that you would bless them as they go on, uh, that you, you would give them the wisdom and the memories of this place that they can take on to their next ministry. Um, and we just pray that as they go from this place that you would build upon everything that you've um, shown them and taught them here. We thank you so much for them. And we just pray that our love would go with them wherever they go. Amen. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Um, all right. This is going to conclude the. Thank you, Matt. The, this is going to conclude the first section of our service. I actually write my sermons like way in advance, so I'm going to give you the next six months of sermons. <laughs> so, I mean, we might want a water break, but I should, I'm just joking. Thank you all for being here. Our, our last, we're just going to sing. Um, Maybe we'll just sing the first and fourth verse sure. of Be Thou My Vision as a, as a final verse. Uh, would you please stand uh, with us? The, the, the second one verse we sing, it's, it uh, says, Heart of my own heart, whatever befalls, still be my vision, O ruler of all. That, that, that's kind of been our prayer throughout the history of this church, that, that whatever happens, um, that God would still be our vision. I pray that that would be um, kind of our concluding prayer uh, for this evening. <laughs>